Welcome back to the Messy Financial Podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Felipe Medina, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President at IHT Wealth Management. And I'm Chad Sewell, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President with IHT Wealth Management. Uh, in today's podcast, uh, Chad and I are going to go ahead and outline our take on what we see, you know, potential-wise for 2024. Uh, and certain areas that we want to really focus in on. But before we do all that and dive in, uh, we have to obviously satisfy our compliance guys. So information mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or object objectives, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information obtained from sources has been deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. As always, consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. IHT is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. And with that being said and, and taken care of, uh, I think we can just jump out right off here. And so what we wanted to cover today was really our outlook on where we see 2024 going. Obviously, 2023 was a, was a fantastic and banner year for the markets. Uh, Chad, do you want to take it off and, and lead us off and where, where we think 2024 is headed and, and where we've started and, and kind of give us a kickoff to 2024? Yeah. Uh, so I think to kind of set the stage, I know we've, we've done this for a few years here of just giving our opinions on what we think we'll see in the upcoming year. Um, and, you know, I know for both of us, we take the time doing a, a ton of reading and, and just take some of the, like the Wall Street analysts get their opinions on what they're seeing, um, dive into the research reports we get, and then formulate our, our opinion. And, you know, Felipe and I normally work, or I should say walk in lockstep on these types of, of thoughts. And, you know, across the board, if, to, to lay this out of, up front, like what our base case is for this year is that the market finishes the year somewhere close to 5,200, uh, market being the S&P 500. So somewhere in the neighborhood of a 12% return is what we're thinking for, for the S&P. Um, built into that, we think inflation will be the storyline, but from a standpoint of inflation will be below what consensus is, which something we've been talking about for about a year now will lead to the Fed being more aggressive to easing or cutting rates. Um, which then, you know, the Fed cutting means we have easier financial conditions, which we also think plays into, we still believe we won't see a recession this upcoming year. Um, and so thinking about where we're at right now versus a year ago, the macro picture is, is, is far better than what we would, what consensus would have expected coming at this point. And so in short, and we'll, we'll start diving into the, the why, but we think it's another good year in the market. Um, it won't be anything like what we saw last year, but a, but a strong, solid year. 12% upside um, is where we think we will sit. Um, but getting into this, and, and uh, <clears throat> I think that this is important to line out here is, you know, because of how good last year was, we think that there's going to be a little bit of a wobble here to start this year. Um you know, we think we'll see a little bit of a pullback um, or at least uh, maybe not even so much of a pullback, but but wouldn't be surprised by a pullback 
but definitely as this year has started, some choppy trading that will go through the first quarter and probably leads to middle of the year. And then we see the lift go into the back half of the year. And so to start diving into some of the why as to why we believe the market will be up 12%, why we think it might be a little bit choppy to start, why we think the Fed's going to be cutting rates, all those things. Felipe, you want to jump in with some of the data points? Yeah. So like, like you said, Chad, I, we're, we're pretty much in lockstep with, with all the different uh, research that we kind of cover and comb over. You know, we always, we always talk it out before we do these and, and kind of come to the same consensus. But yeah, I think, you know, you're right. We will see some choppiness and I already have seen some choppiness through the first 15 days of the year. And we'll continue to see that. And I think it boils down to, like you said, inflation and, and rates. And we've seen the 10-year kind of move back up a little bit, you know, here in these first few trading days, which has caused some choppiness in the market. But since one of the reasons, one of the things that we kind of really focused in on and why we feel like the market could go up is last year's market was so, so good. And it was one of the most hated bull markets in history. People were always saying, this is not real. Market's going to sell off. The market's going to crash. Everyone was predicting a recession last year. Uh, whether it was in the beginning of the year or midway through the year, but but that recession never came, and the the economy was well, very more, much more resilient than we than we expected. But uh, with the market being up over fifteen percent last year um, since nineteen fifty, when the S and P had a S and P five hundred had a fifteen percent or greater return, there's been there's been twenty eight instances of that, and twenty of those uh, the following year has had a positive return, so seventy one percent of the time. Uh, the S&P having a, a return of greater than 10% is 14, 14 times, so 50%. And the S&P returning greater than 15% the following year has happened nine times, so a 32%. So the odds that we have another good year, like you talked about, are, are in our favor. And, and we believe that just because of the Fed loosening monetary policy, getting easier, uh, financial conditions like you spoke of leading to lower interest rates, the easing of inflation is really a rise in the real consumer's income and will allow them to continue to spend money. We do believe that we'll see 30-year mortgage rates drop uh, back down to quote-unquote lower levels than we've seen. Obviously, we don't continue to see that in the eights. Uh, we believe that we'll see some earn the earnings per share for 2024. We'll see that growth of between like 11 an 8.3 and 11.3 return at somewhere between 240 and 260 just driven by recovery of overall of the overall economy. Um, is there anything other uh, things that you're taking a look at? I know I'm looking at some of those things. You want to touch on certain sectors that you think will do better than, than others and, and maybe why? Well, and I think before jumping even into this, the, the different sectors that we're looking as uh, leaders in this year, um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that's really interesting with how last year uh, ended up shaking out is I think this is the first time that we've seen for sure a uh, growth of greater than 20% in the market and actually having cash balances increase from the start of the year to the end of the year. And so the reason I bring all this up is to me, it's really interesting over the fact that from January 1 to December 31st, between institutional and retail investors, that the amount of cash they had increased while the market was going up. The importance behind this, to me, it's, it's the storyline behind it is just that the reason that happened is people were overly fearful. It goes back to what you were saying, Felipe, about this being the, the most hated bull market. Um, the people were fearful of the market. 
any little gains that were had, they they would sell out, back off, and then wait. And so many, and primarily um, institutional investors, missed the mark last year. And I, you know, I forget the statistic now. It was back at, at, in December um, that I saw a few of these come out, but I think it was um, 65% or maybe it was 70% of uh, fund managers were trailing their benchmark by 6%. 71%. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the point of that is, is there was massive underperformance from, from fund managers. And so what I think we will see along with this year is a little bit of a return chasing people trying, you know, money managers trying to get their clients funds back into the market to try to make up for where they missed last year. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of momentum that we don't want to fight going along with just the fed. And if the fed is easing and as, as the old saying goes, we don't want to fight the fed. Um, we want to be thoughtful in the areas where when rates are being cut, what historically tends to do really well. And, you know, with, with easing financial conditions, technology, industrials, and then financials not necessarily are aligned with easing financial conditions, but financials, if you look at it on a, on a macro level have underperformed so significantly and, you know, I would argue if we do have rates coming down, that will support a lot of mortgage business. Um, and, and I think get the get financials a little bit more active. And so technology, I think, for as, as long as I, I can can uh, think, will be one of the sectors that I like the most. Um, I think you mentioned this, Felipe, when you were talking, we have uh, PMIs bottoming, which is really conducive for industrials and their in their forward returns and then financials. So those three sectors are the areas where we're going to carry <clears throat> some additional weight towards this year for clients. Um, uh, not in the S and P, but the other area in terms of looking at from, from a valuation standpoint is looking towards small caps. Um, small caps have, especially over the last 10 plus years have pretty significantly underperformed. And um, a variety of reasons for this, but uh, that I will save if, if you're interested in it, feel free to reach out to me. We can chat more in depth, but I, I really believe small caps are going to be um, potentially the tip of the spear this year. And, and absolutely from a risk to reward standpoint, I think have the most attractive pricing right now. And then the last thing that I'll say, which is something we often, we, we talk a little bit about, but we don't spend too much time on where I personally feel um, a, a big source of return for the bulk of you know our clientele uh, is going to be out of bonds. Now, what I mean by all that is um, most of the folks that I you know manage accounts for carry a good amount of of bonds in their portfolio, but bonds have been an absolute anchor since beginning of twenty two, really end of twenty one, to where they they having a diversified portfolio has not been advantageous. Really it's, it's been equities is, has been the, the answer to the test. Um, but as we've, we've discussed, you know, throughout last year and, and, you know, we'll, I'll keep it pretty high level for right now, given the fact that the trend of inflation is heading lower, given that the fed has officially come out and said that they're going to cut rates this year, 
it seems almost impossible from the pricing of, of bonds right now that that bonds don't become a big help to portfolios in this year. And so between what we think it's going to happen with large cap stocks or the S&P being up 12%, the sectors we like, also thinking small cap will do well, and then and then how we feel about bonds across the board, that is where um, the focus of the portfolios is going to be put towards. Um, so that it's not a long run on sentence for me, Felipe, do you have yeah, some found, thoughts to interject? Yeah, I found that number that you were, that you touched on the very beginning of, of your of your long sentence there. Uh, there was 240 billion of outflows between equity between mutual funds and ETFs during this last year, which, like you said, was unprecedented. That it goes back to what I said earlier about that most hated rally. That there is a lot, a lot of cash on the sidelines, and like you said, that's gonna that money is gonna when rates start to become when the Fed decides to start cutting rates and the advantages of holding cash on the sidelines when you're getting four or 5% is now reduced to three, 4%, two, three, 4%. You're going to have to put that money to work somewhere. And that's going to be back obviously into the market, whether it's in bonds or it's in equities. Uh, but like you touched on Chad, I think the first half of the year is, is going to be sort of a feeling out of when or how soon is the Fed going to make its first move. Uh, and we're not sure when it's going to be, you know, everyone said that the target was March when they, they decided that they, uh, everyone's forecasting that they might cut rates. I don't know if it necessarily will be March, but that's why I do believe that the second half is going to be the strong half of the, of the year is that's when the Fed's going to be full on. We're in rate cut mode. Uh, and that's where I feel that we're going to get the most bang for our buck. And, and, and to touch on in certain areas, when we see rates falling like that, small caps, like you said, tend to outperform. And we saw a lot of data around where some of the um, small cap uh, targets were. And, and one of our, our analysts was even up like as close to what, 50% was they said they said, could see small caps rise 50%. Right. I right. don't know necessarily know we'll see that kind of return in the in the small caps. I would love it if we did. Uh, but, but everyone's sort of leaning that way and saying that small caps should be the biggest bang for your buck, like you said, because they've just trailed, you know, significantly over uh, the last five to 10 years. And especially they got hit especially hard during 2020's COVID, obviously small caps without having the funding and the backing and, and being as large, weren't able to weather some of that downturn as much as some of the larger companies. And it continued on and they were hit especially hard uh, with the rise in interest rates. Borrowing for small caps is got was more expensive, brought down their earnings per share. And if we start seeing some of that, those financial conditions ease, uh, we believe that they, they could have some outperformance. You touched on mortgages as well. I mean, people underestimate how how significant and how great an impact refinancing, buying, and all those types of things and moving is such a spurn and boon to the economy. People, you know, you think about all the all the ha hands that touch a sell of a house from painters and movers and mortgage officers and escrow officers and every one of those things that we're going to continue to now. If we see a pickup in that, we'll we'll start to see some more. Uh, growth in, in certain areas of the economy that have sort of shrunk during this last year, year and a half of, of rising interest rates. So like you said, Chad, I, I do believe we'll see a, uh, the 10-year fall towards the second half of the year. The bonds will do very, very well in that in that segment. Again, like we touched on, they, they do very, very well when interest rates are staying flat or coming down. 
don't really particularly love rising interest rates. So bonds, like you said, were very disadvantageous to hold the last year and a half in a diversified portfolio. They really didn't pay off for you. But we feel that this is the year where we'll see bonds really, really pay, pay off for you. And holding that diversified portfolio will, will be the way to go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's, um, and, and I think, you know, part of what we're talking about here as we look at the the variety of, of options um, is we talk about different sectors or different market cap. Um, part of what uh, the point here is we still feel that there is uh, opportunity within this market. And, uh, you know, because of how, how much weight tech has in the S&P 500 if we feel that tech will do well that 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 carries a big weight to why the S&P will do well and then just trying to find you know areas where there's valuations that are really attractive to move money towards and especially looking at the lens from January 1 to December 31st understanding that you know when we come off of a run like we've just seen last year it is beyond logical for the market to start to have a little bit of a pullback um, just to just to re to clean itself up and get ready for its next run um and so what what you know kind of one of the things that i know i get asked a lot and in, in, in especially with it being an election year is is the impact that um <clears throat> what political party and, you know, who gets in office and all that and the impact that it'll have on the market. And, you know, historically, as my clients know, there's, there isn't much um, weight that's, that's put to one winning or anything like that. And so we don't put too much emphasis into who will win the election at the end of this year. Um, but one thing that I think was interesting and I, and I pulled this up from a research report is just looking at the year's um, in terms of like presidents in their election, or I'm sorry, in the presidential cycle and, and then an election year, um, when you just factor in um, any election year, um, the market's generally up about eight and a half percent in that year. So on the fourth year of the president's term, um, the market grows by about eight and a half percent. If we have a Democratic incumbent, then that increases to about 12 and a half percent. And so, you know, it's not, it's not the end all be all, but the fact that those numbers tend to, you know, because there's such a wide swath of information there and that uh, things generally work to their medians. Um, it's, it's another, you know, feather in the cap for the idea that we'll, we'll see a, some good growth in the market before this thing comes to an end. Yeah. I mean, again, we see a lot of, things lining up uh supporting some of the things and, the, and reasons why we feel this will be a, a fantastic year for the market not as good as, as last year obviously but um overall i think we see some positive things out there and there's not much i think we've kind of touched on a lot of things that i want to touch on chaz or anything in particular you you want to clean up before before we end this no i think it's just i think the point to end on here is just you know in summation we we think this the this year will be a good solid year we'll we'll have some choppiness early on but um that's that's not something that will be surprising to us um and probably not something that's going to require a whole ton of you know moving of the portfolio it's more just something that will be a a little bit of a cleanup and in, in us making adjustments 
We see a few sectors, technology, industrials, and financials that we think are leaders. We think small caps are going to be advantageous to the portfolio this year. And then, of course, what we were just talking about, bonds and specifically longer duration bonds is where we'll put a a healthy healthy amount. Um, But as always... If you're having any questions over any of, of what we're talking about, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, and uh, we hope you have a great day.